Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts, and today is part five of my interview with Nikayla Knox. She is a director, a writer, a casting director, and a producer. Enjoy. So let's talk, uh, wrapping up here a little bit. I just want to talk a little bit about your writing process. Like, how do you, um, how do you approach writing? Um, so when I write, what I like to do is First, I like to just kind of outline everything. So I'll outline the story from beginning to end, not necessarily with dialogue, but just like, you know, this is how I want to start. I think this would happen. Any ideas that I think would be cool, I write those down and try to get a really good, you know, outline, especially like my main character's journey. Once I have that outline, I like to write. So I get up pretty early. I wake up during the week, most of the time, five in the morning. So uh-huh. I uh, rock. <laughs> <laughs> I work out. So I work out uh, three days a week that early. And on my off days, I write early in the morning. So I either it's kind of weird. So either I'll go to like a coffee shop, like or like Panera or something like that and write. Or I had to find ways in my house to separate myself because I live in apartments, little one bedroom yeah. apartment. I don't have like a separate office space per se and I have a little dog and he like is obsessed with me so anywhere I go he has to go and it could be challenging trying to write when it's like my couch is here my bed is here so I had to create yeah. a space so I'll go in my closet it's <laughs> like in my closet like I bought a uh one of those lap desks yeah I'll just go sit in my closet because I can close the door. It's quiet. Yeah. You know, I can turn the light on. It's isolated. I can like leave my phone and I'll just go in there for an hour, two hours. So normally I can get a short done. If I'm really banging it out, I can get a short done in a week to two weeks. If I'm doing a feature, I can get it done in 30 days. How did you go about learning, you know, the process of script, uh, script writing? I'm curious. Um, so that was a class I took at UNCG. So we had screenwriting classes. So I did take those classes and that kind of gave me my foundation as far as like format and everything like that. And then everything after that was just, you know, learning, like experience, just trying things, writing it. Does it work? Does it not work? Writing it. How did it turn out? Or, you know, I, I've had ideas that I thought were great. And then I went to go write them and I was like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so just trial and error really let's talk a little bit about uh the law of attraction how did you how did you discover it um so my really good friend john john black he's also an actor producer mm-hmm. rapper plays joe yeah, I, saw, I saw him on your facebook yeah, yeah he kind of <laughs> turned me on to that to the secret he was like hey Go watch this. He's also, you know, somebody who's really big on like faith and we kind of bonded that way. But at the time, he also kind of introduced me to a lot of people in like the Greensboro area who were also doing film. And he had this whole thing that he had created to kind of help you get like more acquainted into the film community, like as far as getting roles and all of that, because at the Mm. time focus was acting so it was like it's a whole thing of like social media and posting and networking and this that and a third but the law of attraction came up because he was like you know you also have to 
genuinely believe that you can achieve all of the above. So we watched that. I thought that was really interesting. That was also um, when I personally was growing my own faith. Like I had been, you know, in church my whole life. But I think you, if you are a religious person, you got to find God for yourself. And that's a different process. And that could be different for everybody. So I think it was a combination of that. And when I saw that it was working, then I was like, okay. Because there were certain people at the time that were considered to be like, uh, we'll say some of like the best or like the top filmmakers in Greensboro at the time. So, you know, as an actor, it would be like, oh, if you work with so-and-so, that's an accomplishment. Like, so my thing was they didn't know me at all. Nobody knew me. I was like this random girl that just showed up one day. And then it was like, and I would see people like, you know, talk to him and they would be like, oh my God, like, you're so great. And I said, you know what? That's going to happen to me one day. Like, that's going to happen to me. I ended up working with all of those people and it's still kind of a shock for me because like, I haven't gotten used to it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a shy person, but I feel like I'm like the most like secretly awkward person. Like most people don't know it's an awkward moment for me, but in reality, it's very awkward for me. So now when I walk into some of these spaces and everybody's like, oh, Michaela is here. And they're like, yeah, party. I'm like sitting there like, oh, that is, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. like the thing that I said was going to happen has now happened and it just keeps going and you just apply it to everything. That was me when I mean, even when it came to graduating, when it came to you know, getting the job at G Davis when it, I lost like, you know, 70 pounds, like yeah, all the keto. I read about that. Keto. That's great. That's congrats. Congratulations. Whatever works. I say, you know, this idea that one diet works for one person. It's like, it's all varies. No. And I Mine think you works for you. I, like I had to learn and accept that no matter how tasty they are, like my body just does not digest carbs very well. Like if I eat carbs, yeah. I will immediately gain like four, five, six pounds. Granted, it's water, but it's like, but when you keep repeating that over and over again, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to be water, but for so long, you know, so. What blood type are you? Um, I think it's. A. I'm pretty sure I'm A. But this blood type, you should be able to have some carbs there. No, it's like I was yeah. also I used to be pre-diabetic. So like Okay, all right. So that's that's yeah, that's, that's a completely different situation. <laughs> yeah. It just don't like it. It just mm-mm. What are you working on now? If you can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So my my main goal, this is the thing that I'm currently speaking into existence is my main goal is to land a like multi-picture deal. So whether that's three films, four films, five films, whatever that is. Um, Because one of the things I learned about, you know, this whole process is, so my goal is to always improve. So if I put another movie on Tubi, it can't just be on Tubi. That's not enough for me. If I put another movie on Tubi, then I needed to be an original, period. So my thing is, you know, like, Let's I I know it's possible because I see it happening. I'm like, let's go out there and let's make the next film an original. 
And if it's not an original, I don't want to do it. The only reason I would do it is if I happen to get into a situation where, you know, the funding was good or, you know, there were certain actors that could be a part of it. But the goal is originals. And we keep moving up because I have nothing against Tubi. I love that, you know, it's a platform that's given a lot of people their start. But now that I understand how that works from a business standpoint, it's like, no, I, I have to have an original. Like yeah. I need original and we just keep moving up and up. So that's the goal to land like a multi-picture deal. So currently what I'm doing is getting all my scripts together, getting all my pitch decks together so I can go out there and, you know, pitch. My plan is, you know, everything's getting ready to shut down for the holidays, which is perfect to have all of that stuff ready to go right in January. So have it ready to go, have those pitches ready and just see where we land. But Again, remember I said this, that if I put yeah. another one out, it's going to be an original. Yeah. When you say it's going to be, a, are you talking about like an original platform or just original script? Like on Tubi, they have Tubi originals, meaning that like the, the film oh, yeah. is backed by Tubi. Like they will, like they promote their originals. Like if you get online right now. Okay, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's part of the it's part of the network work type thing. Exactly. Yeah. Not just on, on there. It's an original. It's not just content. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that, the best way to do it. Is then, then they have a vested interest in presenting it, it. Exactly. It changes the whole game because now it's mm-hmm. like you know, it's an original. Number one, your the platform itself is going to promote the originals. They have to. That's kind of the point of being an original. Yeah. So there's that. And it's for whatever reason, whether it's a, you know, psychological thing or whatever, when you attach the word original to something, people automatically assume that it's on a certain level. And that draws them in because mm-hmm. I can put, I like, I would bet a million dollars on this. If I had the same exact movie, Couch Party, right? Yeah. It changed nothing about it, except I said it's a Tubi original. The response would be totally different. Totally different. Interesting. Because now it's, it's a Tubi original. Oh, let me go see what this is. Just like people do it. Oh, it's a Hulu original. It's a Netflix original. Yeah. You have some people who get so caught in that. They only watch originals. Only watch originals. Really? Yeah. Like. Because they they assume that if it's an original, the quality or whatever else is going to be better, which is technically kind of true from a technical standpoint. The quality, the sound, I've never seen a Tubi original that had, you know, bad quality, but that is just the quality. We're not talking about the storyline. And I'm like, you know, I don't mean to like sound like I'm bragging, but I'm very confident in like how I write. And I know I write better stories than what's yeah. currently the right connection to get in that door. And I'm going to figure it out. We're going to figure yeah. it out. Do you have a beginning of the day routine? Um, Yeah. So most of it is, like I said, I wake up at five. Uh, if it's one of my workout days, that's how I start my day. I go in and get my workout in. That's something that it has become very important to me because it's my time to not think. And um, you also just feel way better. And once I come back, you know, I take my little dog out, have me a nice little breakfast, and then I get my workday started. And if it's not 
you know, a workout day, it's a writing day. So same exact thing, except I'm starting that morning off writing. Do you have a nighttime routine? Honestly, no, not really. Like at nighttime, it's just like (laughs) I've gotten all of my work done. So I do like to cook. So during the week, I normally will make dinner. And that's just kind of like my winding down time. Like just that's my chill time of the day. Do you meditate? Yes. Yes. That's also part of the reason why I like to write in the closet. Because it's just like. Meditative? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just this small little space. And, you know, you have to be focused and it it really helps me focus because I think a lot. What is what? So what? What do you do? How do you, how do you go about meditating? I'm curious. It's super quiet. Um, super quiet. I you normally like set a timer, and then I will just you know close my eyes and just kind of breathe, and just really yeah. be grounded into where I am. I want to. I think when you aren't thinking about it, you're not really aware of everything. You're not aware of how the carpet feels under your feet. Yeah. You know, how how the sweater feels against your skin or how you really feel because you stayed up all night last night or, yeah. you know, maybe you just don't feel well. You don't really take time to acknowledge those feelings. But for me, when I'm in the quiet, I'm in the dark, there's nobody here, there's nothing going on. I can then take the time to acknowledge all of those things. Agreed. Sometimes it's best to just stop and just. A lot of people don't do that. No, they don't. And it, I, I tell them, I say, just five minutes. No, I don't have time. Really? Yeah. Five minutes. About, um, UNCG, when I was there, they did a lot of mindfulness. And I, that's when I really got into that practice because one of my professors, she literally was like, once you get good at it, you're able to drop into that state at any moment. And that's how you get relaxed so that you can yeah. go out be somebody else so yeah that's it what are you what are you reading right now so that's actually one of my like new goals for myself yeah I do like to read um so I told myself a new goal is to try to read a book every month so I have my book this month but the last book that I read was uh David Goggins his book I haven't read which which one the 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 first one or the second one that he. This is the last one that he just did. Um, oh, okay, I still haven't read that yet. Great, he's an interesting. He's an interesting guy. He is. He's very extreme. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a, a little bit on the extreme side, like where he's just like, I, I feel the pain. I'm just gonna go out and run more. I'm like, yeah, but you know, eventually your body's gonna say. Stop no. that. <laughs> it makes sense though, because it's something that I even told myself I had to be aware of. Because I feel like as human beings, we want to be comfortable. We want to be comfortable. Yeah. We all want to lay down. We all want to, you know, be patted yeah. on the back and fed, you know, cookies and steak. Like that's what we want. We like feeling that way. But the flip side of that is your goals and the things you want normally don't lie in comfort. So no. They have to be uncomfortable for some time, but are you willing to do that to get what you want? Yeah. So for me, it was I, like, you know, I told myself I was literally cutting out uh, 
alcohol, like all alcohol. And yeah. here I get this deal because I was like, That's I good. feel like, you know, what you do, or at least for me, you know, I'm I'm pretty young, I'm 25. And, you know, most people, the weekend comes, you don't have anything to do. You're like, oh, let me get a glass of wine or let me go out to the bar or whatever else. And you're having so much fun. That's so great, right? But mm-hmm. the flip side of that is, what if you would have used that time where you wanted mm-hmm. to be comfortable to actually do something? Yeah. It's going to help you get to your goal because that's not helping. It's, it's just... Although my question is, you know, people, you know, kind of use, you know, alcohol to, to like medicate themselves. It's like, can't you just reach that state without alcohol? Do you do you need alcohol to? I think it's necessary sometimes, though, to sometimes let loose like that, because sometimes you got to just kind of like get it out or you kind of get into the the extreme of what David Goggin is, where it's just like every day is this. Pain. I don't know. Does he meditate? I don't know. Does does he? Um. Does... He. Yeah. In a way, he does now. Like he got <laughs> really into like stretching. Um. Yeah. Does that quite a bit, and he's also. But it's like it's always. But it's always like something physical. That's my thing with David oh, Goss. Yeah. Like it's like he's addicted to pain, in some ways, where it's almost the extremes. Like, yeah, I agree. You you don't want to be too comfortable, but you also don't want to live life where like. All I can be is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like like he goes into yeah. it in his book because like he still yeah. he doesn't do the things he did, you know, when he was going through all of he still works out and stuff. But I think yeah. it's his personality and how he looks at society. And I feel yeah. like you are that if you feel that strongly about it, then some stuff is just gonna disgust you because you're just like, ow. Like, which he literally talks about in the book, or like you can see it in some of his interviews. He's like, but it literally disgusts me, which is why he doesn't really associate with anybody (laughs) in like his immediate family. So, (laughs) but it's like, you know, like I've I've watched him, you know, sometimes his workouts or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's good that you're doing that. But it's like, is it conducive to the goals that you want? I mean, if 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 you wanted to build, if you want to build muscle, you've got to let the body relax at some point, or it's not unless you're taking some kind of substance to 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 grow because like the the body has to, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have any time to grow. I feel you. It's just like if you ask David Goggins, he'd be like, "Well, let me show you how mine's gonna do it anyway." I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love he's out there and stuff. It's just that I, I yeah. don't know if I I'm one of those that like thinks like every single thing he says is is gospel. I, I think no. I think there's a lot to learn from him, but you know I'm like it's also like the biggest was number one discipline is such a huge thing. Yeah. Number two, there's nobody or nothing or any situation that's stopping you from achieving goals other than yourself. And once you understand that and learn that, I think you can use it to apply because you have some people who, you know, let's just say they're writers who can, you know, drink a glass of wine every night and still write the best scripts ever. That's fine. That's their yeah. process. But I know for me, that ain't going to work because yeah. I, like, I'll get too comfortable and now I'm asleep. <laughs> Be like, I'm like, oh, I did say I was going to do that. Then it's just like, no. Yeah. So. Well, it's like me as an actor. I, I I make myself every day for an hour work on acting stuff. You know, yeah. I'll I'll do improv, 
work on tongue twisters, read out loud, do all do all these things, just keep it going. It's like it's it's the practice. It's the same thing with I I do um, transcendental meditation, and uh, that's twenty minutes when you wake up and twenty minutes, you know, in the afternoon, and you know, you just keep staying to that. You know, it, it it's about holding yourself accountable. I don't know yeah. if you necessarily need to be always in pain, but you need to be in a way of like, this has to be done and I'm not, there's no excuses. I think that's the problem today is we live in a society where like, oh, it's okay. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Can't do that because once you do that, you, you get into that. I play piano. I do it every single day. You know, on Thanksgiving day, I'll play. I'll get up early, play really early, just keep going with it. You know, it's, it's that momentum. I think that's so important. Yeah. I think a lot of people aren't self-aware and it's such a blessing self-aware because, you know, you, you recognize those things and when something's off, you immediately try to fix it. So I agree. Um, what are you listening to right now? So I'm like the weirdest person with music. I like music. Like music. I just feel like I don't <laughs> I don't go as hard as some people do. Yeah. Um, so it's not really like a specific song or anything like that. But some of the artists that I do like, uh, I'm a big Drake fan, a big J. Cole fan. I like right. SZA. I like a lot. I like uh, Coco Jones. I like her. Um, yeah. So like kind of like hip hop, R&B. That's kind of my thing. What are you watching now? Yes. So right now, some of my favorite shows, um, this is kind of like an older show, actually, but I just found it on Netflix. Yeah. Like it. It's called The First Wives Club. That was really good. Um, also like Harlem. I like that show as well. Big fan of American Horror Story. I, I, I have gotta, to like- I got to get it into that. I still haven't like, I watched the first season. It was just like, I don't know. I need to watch it. It's good. If you like hard, then I you'll do. like it's really intense, but <laughs> yeah. it's pretty good. Um I like that. Um I'm trying to think the last movie that I saw that I really like the comedy on Netflix. Um it's called Bad Trip with Eric Andre. It is. I love that movie. But this one was the new one. <laughs> Came out with uh, Jennifer Lawrence was in it. I thought that was what you were going to say. Uh, in her feeling. I haven't watched that yet. I heard that that was pretty yeah. good. Oh, that's like, to me, that's right. Yes, like for comedies, that's one of my favorite style of comedies. They did really good with that. When you said uh, Netflix and uh, poor uh, Eric Andre made no money off that movie. That's so... Like, he's in that weird situation where, like, I think he doesn't want to become too famous because if he becomes too famous, he can't do this this style of comedy. People will know who he is. Yeah. But being in this like kind of famous but not famous, he can you know go out there and you know people aren't going to know you know who he is. I mean, I that think was so funny. Uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish, I would have recognized her. Yeah. She steals the popcorn. <laughs> I I would have recognized her. I would have been like, is that Tiffany Hatton? Like, yeah. Or when he was um in the bar, he just throws up everywhere. Oh yeah, and they they showed like one of the outtakes. So the guy really got mad. He gets like saying the 
the secret word. <laughs> the and guys I get a vinyl. How they did because like I understand where the cameras and stuff were, but I'm like, dang, like did y'all never have to repeat anything, or did you like repeat it on uh, different days and? You know, I I listened to Sasha Baron Cohen talk talk about like doing that kind of. He says the hardest thing is like if you say a word wrong or something, they'll know it's a you know, they'll know it's a joke. It's that middle ground of being serious, but not too too eager. So it's I don't, I mean what he does is almost dangerous. I mean same same with Eric Andre. I mean like this like was there was some guy. They did for um, Comedy Central, like Joe Rogan had him on. And he said that they did a thing where they had these people try this new mayonnaise. And uh, then they had a guy come in and tell them, you know, show them like a show them like a video of <laughs> of a white guy turning into a black guy. <laughs> and they're explaining to them that um, what you're going to have is uh, you're going to change into, you know, and like they're like almost like and they seriously buy it. And they're like, um wait a minute, we we did not know that we were going to turn black. <laughs> like the fact that this would actually happen and it's just mayonnaise with a little bit of like brown dye in it. But oh. the fact that they got these people to actually believe that and there's like this one woman who's going through and like, well, you know, I mean, if that's the way it's going to be, okay. You know, like she's coming to terms with that. <laughs> And they have a guy, and they have like one guy who just stands like, if I am black, I am gonna sue you. Like, like just losing his mind over the fact this this joke. And apparently they never aired it on uh, Comedy Central, but like that would have been the fun. That would have been the funniest thing to see. And this guy who like really is good at that, you know, just like, look, you know, I I changed. I'm I'm black now. Everything. <laughs> like seriously buying it. And then they had to tell him that it was a, you know, a joke. And they uh some of them found it was funny. <laughs> I have to go look that up because yeah, you should, yeah. Listen, listen to the guy. I think it's called melon and melon and mayonnaise or something. Is the, it is the joke? Really called melon and mayonnaise. Mel, melon and I think this like the sketch or whatever. But yeah, they brought this like focus group in there, and they like actually believed that they were gonna turn into a black person. Because <laughs> it sounds like it would make me. <laughs> and they had like what he said they also filmed this other one where they were like in like i think it was bel-air and in, in la or somewhere like that and uh they had these uh these guys you know um hispanic guys and they're like planting stuff there and they're like hey we land we landscaping or whatever you know like like they're doing everything but they said after they told the guy that it was a joke like he was Literally losing it. He's like, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue him. I'm going to sue everybody in that truck. You know, like, like when you get to like pranking people that have like unlimited money, now you're like in like this world where they're just, they just want to do lawsuits just to make themselves like, oh, yeah. You know, it's yep. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think of, um, what was it Donald Trump or whatever? you know, tried to sue Bill Maher because Bill Maher said that, you know, he may be the love shot of an orangutan. Yeah. <laughs> and he said he had to actually pay a lawyer to go in and explain this, a joke to a judge. I mean, it got thrown out, but it's just like... I don't think they threw that out, because why? You'd, would you, would you like, think of, uh, it's just like this... Like, I think entity. the fact that he tried to sue him makes the joke that much funnier. 
<laughs> like, yeah, but he was actually serious. <laughs> I'm trying to sue him. I'm like, you know. Right. Like, that made you that upset. Like, my favorite one, this is yeah. on TikTok, is the guy who was New Orleans, like the senator or the governor. I don't know who it was, but they were yeah. doing an advertising because people were mad about, like, police brutality, which they should be, but he, they were upset. And he says, you don't want to call the cops? Don't. The next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. It's a real, it's a real act. Like, it's real. Like, he literally said that. Like, Well, well we're living in, like, this day and age where, like, you know, politicians will be, like, shooting guns in their, like, vote for me video. And it's like, look, I shoot guns. I'm like, y'all can't be serious. Like, like, that's why I can't, I feel like I don't, I can't get into that because I'm like, this is funny to me. Like, y'all are all funny. Yeah. Like, all of y'all. Funny to it till. Yeah. Now, you know, when laws and things like that start changing and we're, you know, feeling yeah. the effects of that, it's not funny. I think it's, to me, is the idea of it is more funny because it's like, what qualifications do these people have? And they get up here and yeah. say, craziest things and y'all are still like yeah i'm gonna vote for him how can people reach you yeah so um you can email me at gogetterproductions at gmail.com you can also find me on facebook instagram as well at nikayla knox or at gogetterproductions you can also visit the website at www.gogetterproductions.com and if you did know how to spell go getter it is g-o-g-e-t-h-e-r the h since throw people off but it's go getter mm-hmm. so yeah, any of those all right well thank you thank you I appreciate thank this you for having me yeah this has been great yes no but i do appreciate it thank you for reaching out it was definitely great it's great to somewhat yeah. virtually meet you so yes shout out to ali as well <laughs> Okay, that about does it for part five of my interview with Nikayla Knox. I want to thank her personally. As always, you can find me at Justin Yance. Please like, share, and subscribe, and consider checking out the YouTube channel. And I will see you next time on the DMF.